we are continuing to look at what shall we name him a series that started at the beginning of advent the season of christmas right no 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 <laughs> so advent is the season of advent christmas is the season of christmas anybody know when christmas begins say again christmas day starts on christmas day and runs for how many days 12 days. So we get the 12 days of Christmas. So we'll be singing some Christmas songs even in beyond. But we're in the season of Advent. Advent is that time when we wait, as the song was talking about. I don't think it was the, first, the one before this one, I think. We talk about we're waiting. We're waiting with that expectation of God, Christ Jesus, coming in power here. So we're looking at those names around this of who he is. We've been looking at names, pictures, snapshots of Jesus Christ since Easter. And we're going to wrap it up with this in the end of the season as we go into Christmas with a whole new concept. Uh, but we're going to finish up. And today we're going to look at one of the names that comes out of Isaiah 9, Isaiah 9, verses 1 through 6. This is what Isaiah proclaimed six, seven hundred years before Christ became. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali. And in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as a people rejoice at the harvest as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulder, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's what Isaiah proclaimed. Hundreds of years before it finally came about, there was actually silence from the prophets for 400 years before Christ's birth, before some words came to being in announcing the new Messiah. So far in this season, we've looked at first Prince of Peace, in which we saw how Jesus Christ lived and acted and became and still is our shalom, our wholeness, our peace in our lives of chaos. Last week, Audrey talked about mighty God and how the mighty God that the Jews were predicting for the Messiah was not what came to be in the form of a child, but in fact was even mightier in power than they could have ever or you and I could ever imagine. So carrying that forward, we today will look at Wonderful Counselor. And I shared at 9 o'clock, I said, it seems so funny because I think about the words Wonderful Counselor, I think of Christmas. How many are with me? Anybody? Is it just me? When you hear Wonderful Counselor, I have these visions of green and red and, ah, Wonderful Counselor. No? Am I alone in that? That's okay. 
because you might be more correct than I am. I think of it, and I have this, probably because this text, this text from Isaiah, is often read just at Christmas. And shame on us pastors for leaving it out of other times of reading. But we usually read this around Christmas time, so for me it has always become tied one-on-one with the Christmas season. And I hear wonderful counseling. Oh, that's so nice. Jesus is wonderful counselor. Without really giving the words a lot of thought. So when I was assigned this, of course, I do my usual due diligence, and I begin to dig into the text. And I got to tell you, after many hours of study, I was more confused than I was enlightened by God's word. You see, first thing I discovered, I knew this already, but in the text we have in the English, we have wonderful counselor. That's a little early yet, but that's okay. Um, We have wonderful counselor. And as we meditate on that, but what we don't know is that in Hebrew there is no punctuation. We don't know if it's wonderful counselor or if it's he, his name shall be wonderful and counselor. Wonderful comma counselor. We don't know where the commas fall. And so I, 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 I studied and I fought with that for a while until I read a commentator who said, does it really matter? I mean, Jesus is wonderful, right? And he is our counselor. And he's a wonderful counselor. So I'm like, okay, okay, I, I can live with that. Just an aha. Then I spent some more time digging in because this is what really stumped me. Our English says wonderful counselor, and I'm not a grammarian, but the word wonderful is an adjective. Wonderful, it, it modifies who the counselor is. He is a wonderful counselor. That sounds great, it's wonderful, except that in the Hebrew, that's not what's there. It is, the word wonder is in there, but wonder is a noun. It's like the wonder. And instead of being an adjective or a noun, the word counselor in Hebrew is actually a verb. Counsels the wonder. I'm not sure what to do with that. So I'm actually going to take these two parts individually. Because I'm not sure. I mean, I'm going to trust the textual criticism that these people have spent years studying to, to translate for us in English. It's wonderful counselor. But I think it's so much more in there to say the wonder counsels. So we're going to look at that. First off, as we think about wonder, wonder. That's another one of those for me. It's just kind of, huh, wonder. I wonder if they'll get anything out of this message I preach. (laughs) I wonder. Or wonder. Oh, isn't that a wonder? See, it seems like it should be more than that. In fact, the Hebrew underneath has several ways to translate. It could be incomprehensible, undefinable, unimaginable, inimaginable. All those kind of, there's no way to comprehend what the Messiah will be or is. Wonder. And I think we lose some of our wonder in this world. In fact, I would say if a picture paints a thousand words, how many words are we inundated day in, day out by our phones, our tablets, our computer screens, our 72-inch big screens at home, all showing pictures, pictures, pictures. We're in an information age in which I know I do, Probably most of us are getting information overload. 
If you, have to, if you wonder about something, I quickly grab my phone and ask Google. You don't really have to wonder, do you? We can comprehend everything. Let's not talk about artificial intelligence yet. Wonder seems to be lacking in our society today. So when we encounter wonderful counselor, do we truly understand the wonder he is? Years and years ago, I sat, I was 10 years old, I laid down on a wharf with some buddies of mine as we looked up at the night sky. It wasn't a moon, there wasn't any light pollution around us, and we gazed up at the stars and I saw the stars in a way I've never seen them before. How many of you ever had a chance to really see the stars? Yeah. And you see and you look up, I saw this one. I didn't know what it was, and a friend of mine said, oh, that's the Milky Way. I was seeing some of that cloud that appears when you look into the deepest darkness and you can see the billions of stars that is our galaxy, the Milky Way. Billions. In fact, it's, it's, it's estimated between our galaxy has between 100 and 400 billion stars. And that's not counting the planets that may be around those stars. And I went, wow, that is so marvelous. That's wonderful. But it wasn't until I heard a speaker on a, actually on a video, a YouTube video. I'm at a training thing for a church uh, camp. And I was tired. I was worn out. It's the end of the day. And one of the guys came and said, hey, Paul, have you ever heard of Louis Giglio? I went, no. Oh, he's this pastor. He's a great pastor. Oh, he's got this great message about God. I went, okay, great. He's, it's 9 o'clock now, right? 9 o'clock at night. I want you to watch this video. I said, okay, how long is it? 40 minutes. Now, I didn't want to tell no to this guy, but every part of me wanted, I don't have time for this. But I watched it, and I had to tell you, within the first three minutes, I was so captivated I couldn't put it down for the full 40 minutes. And a piece of it was what I'm going to talk to you about today was about this wonder, this, in fact, he was touring in the video. He was touring with Chris Tomlin on the indescribable tour, okay? And his talk was part of the indescribable, indescribable God we know, don't know maybe. Anyway, so he started off by saying, he's talking about the stars. He said, but listen to God's word. God's word says, in the beginning, he created the heavens and the earth. And then he said, let there be light. I went back to those times when I was laying on that wharf thinking of that picture, maybe not quite that picture, but that kind of concept going, whoa, God created that? In fact, the psalmist puts it this way. Psalm 33 says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host." He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up deeps. He lays up the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. For he spoke and it was done. That's saying that God spoke, and the heavens were created. By his very word, the heavens were created. And then he 
filled the heavens with its host, all the army, all the multitudes with his breath. That's an indescribable God. I can't describe a God like that except by his own words. That's our galaxy. That's the Milky Way. But see, it goes beyond that. So if you look out beyond the galaxy, if you look into the heavens with a telescope, you'll see a picture like this. Now, these aren't stars. These are part of the billions of other galaxies like ours that exist out there. Our galaxy, 100 to 400 million stars with a billion other galaxies with that or more stars, because ours is one of the smaller ones. In fact, one of the galaxies they've identified in that picture is galaxy named IC1101. Catchy name, right? guess they're running out of names. I don't know. IC1101, and they estimate, it's about, about a billion light years away from us. They estimate it has over a trillion stars, a trillion stars in it, suns. Not counting planets, just one of billions of other galaxies out there. All that God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, breathed into existence. Okay. Maybe we need to go a little further. So let me try to put this in the perspective Louis Giglio gave me. Out on the edge of our universe, about 32, well, not on the edge, but somewhere out in the universe, uh, there's another galaxy called the Whirlpool Galaxy. Next picture. There we go. That's the Whirlpool Galaxy. Beautiful thing about it is it's turned at a perpendicular angle to us so we can see clearly from our angle how beautiful and majestic God's creation is. Nothing particularly important about this particular galaxy, but some of the, spe some of the specifics. It's 32 million light years away. So that would mean the light from that, that galaxy was produced how long ago? 32 million years for the, for the telescope to get it. That's pretty incredible. But how far away is that really in miles? Anybody know? So a light year, because we can't measure things in miles realistically, a light year is the distance light travels in a year, right? We all know that. Say yes. yes. If you don't know, it's okay. Just say yes anyways, because I probably didn't know that. Light year, so and speed, light travels at what speed? Anybody, say it out loud. 186,000 miles per second, right. 186,000 miles in a second. That means in a year, in a year, I think it travels 5.88 trillion miles per year. When you multiply that out, when you multiply that out, that can't be right. Anyways, when you multiply that out, this galaxy is over a quadrillion miles away from us. So how far is that? Because if you're like me, I can't comprehend a number that large. This is a wonder to me. I can't figure that out. I can figure out 
hundred, a thousand. I mind could figure out a million. Somebody wants to give me a million dollars. I'll count it and I'll know. Okay. So a million I can do. But let's, let's give you some perspective. I got this from Louis Giglio. He says, okay, a million seconds ago. How long ago was that? Twelve days ago. That would have been uh, December 5th. That was a million seconds ago, right? Okay, put that in your pocket and think about it. A billion seconds ago would be, you, you got that, right? It's going to be a couple of years ago, right? It's actually April 17th. 1992. Okay? So we've done a million, a billion. Get some perspective. A trillion seconds ago, how far? Trying to do the math in your head? A trillion seconds ago was 29,686 B.C. A little bit of woe. Now we're getting into that wonder. But here's the kicker. A quadrillion seconds ago. Quadrillion seconds ago was 31,686,065 B.C. It's crazy, right? I can't even conceive of that in years ago, let alone a quadrillion miles away from me. That's beyond my ability to comprehend. And our God made all of this by just speaking it into existence. I can't comprehend those things. And that's the kind of wonder Isaiah is talking about when he says he is the wonder. That's who he is. He is the wonder beyond anything you and I can comprehend. We start to think, oh, I've got a handle on who God is. I've got a handle on who Jesus is. You've missed the boat. Our theology professor in seminary told us, our problem is we're trying to describe an infinite God with a finite language, and there's no way to do it. We, we should try. That's, that's not wrong to try, but we need to understand we're only going to see a snippet of who he is fully. We have to recapture. We have to live into the wonder of who he is. Not only do we need to understand that, though, we need to understand that he is our counselor. This one who is such a wonder is also our counselor. He's the one who guides, teaches, advises. There's two main definitions in the English language for counselor from Merriam-Webster's uh, dictionary. First is a person who gives advice or counsel, and I will totally say yes, that is Jesus Christ. Do you want Jesus Christ to give you advice and counseling in your life? Pick up his word, read it. Read especially the first four books of the New Testament and see what he says. He'll say right there, as he's talking to the disciples, he's talking to you and me. He's telling you what you should be about. Look at what he teaches through the parables. He is teaching not just the Pharisees or those who are listening, but he's teaching us. We can gain counsel from him by reading his word, but that doesn't stop there. See, as you look at his actions in the New Testament, you can learn by how he lived and what he did for what we should do in our lives. You can also gain counsel from Jesus Christ through prayer. 
in your prayer times you truly seek Him, He will come to you and guide you by the power of the Holy Spirit. He gives guidance and counsel in all these ways. He even can guide and counsel us in the body of believers. Those who are truly seeking after Christ, you need counsel. Ask some faith-filled person you know in your life and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Gain counsel of Jesus through others that God has spoken with and through. Jesus can be our counselor if we'll seek him. But on the other side of the counseling definition in the English language, it's a lawyer. Specifically, one that gives advice in law and manages cases for clients in court. Doesn't sound like Jesus, right? Except if you look at John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. This is what it says. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Leave it right there on that slide for me, if you would. John says, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. See, the Greek word in this text for advocate also can mean helper, advisor, counselor. In a human court system, an advocate speaks for the rights of his or her client. We call them lawyers, primarily because they specialize and have studied the intricacies of law and navigate, help those navigate through those complicated statutes with accuracy and precision. And that's the picture John is painting for us in this text. He refers to Jesus as our advocate with the Father. See, God's righteous law pronounces us guilty on all counts. We have violated God's standards, rejected His right to rule in our lives, and continue to sin even after coming to a knowledge of the truth. The only punishment we deserve is eternal hell. But you see, Jesus stands as the advocate, the one who is our lawyer, in essence, in the court with the righteous Father. Between our repentant hearts and the law, He's the advocate. If His blood has been applied to our lives through faith and confession of Him as Lord, He pleads our case to the Father, the righteous judge. How do we know this? Pick up His Word. It's got it right there. We know it because that's what's written. That's what He said He came for. That's what He died for. That's what the apostles proclaim to others who hear it. That's what we know. But I will tell you, even His creation speaks of this truth. And this is where I really got hit with the wonder by Louis Giglio. Remember that Whirlpool galaxy that I was talking about? NASA jumped in with their power telescope into the center of that galaxy. In the middle of it, they found a black hole. And this is what they found in the black hole. 32 million years ago, that's the light that came through. It's getting to us now. God left a message 32 million years ago of what His Son would do for us. Proclaim us as His own on the cross. He came to earth in the form of an infant. 
a frail infant. God in flesh. But not just any flesh. For all one purpose, it was to reconcile us, His wonder-filled creation, to Himself. By going to the cross, He overcame the power of sin in our lives. And now, in the flesh, because He was raised in the flesh, He advocates on behalf of you and I before the righteous Father. This is truly amazing, incomprehensible, undefinable. Do you know a counselor any more wonder-filled than this? Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for the gift of your grace. We thank you for the many ways you have been a wonder to us that we don't often see. As we go through this season, Lord, as we wait with great anticipation, may we discover daily your wonder and seek your counsel. For you are indeed our wonderful counselor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.